Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Okay. Everything that needs to be said about the Torah, of course, is already said, so I'll just repeat it. Okay, well, you know, uh, I told you last week, you know, that, you know, one of my, one of my uh, failings in life is, uh, you know, I get up every morning and I read the newspaper. And, uh, you know, that can become a, a difficult exercise these days. Uh, interestingly enough, there was, there was an op-ed piece in the New York Times this day by, uh, this week by presidential candidate uh, Bernie Sanders, you know. And uh, what Bernie did in this particular column that I thought found, uh, I don't know whether amusing or distressing, uh, was he produced for our consumption a litany of woes confronting America and the world. So here are just a few of those uh, problems he sees that face us. He said, in the last 15 years, nearly 60,000 factories in this country have closed and more than 4.8 million well-paid manufacturing jobs have disappeared. Despite major increases in productivity, the median male worker in America today is making $726 less than he did in 1973, while the median female worker is making $1,154 less than she did in 2007 after adjusting for inflation. And of course, nearly 47 million Americans live in poverty. An estimated 28 million have no health insurance. And while many others are underinsured and millions of people are struggling with outrageous levels of student debt. Now, boy, of course, we could add to those miseries, couldn't we? We could, we could add the war in the Middle East, the potential breakup of the EU, and all, the, all that, et cetera, et cetera, yada, 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 yada. Right? Uh, of course, so we could add to those miseries, but all we would do by doing so is to produce more fear. Uh, you know, and what the world needs now, right now, is not more fear, but more faith. And that is the obvious lesson of our Torah portions, uh, the, the portions that were read for us today. That we need to choose faith over fear. We heard read for us uh, when the spies came back and said, thus they told him, they told to Moses, they said to me, we went into the land where you sent us and it certainly does flow with milk and honey and, and all that good stuff and we have all this fruit here, enough to feed a family of 20 for the rest of our lives. But, nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large and moreover, we saw that, you wouldn't believe it, but we actually saw the descendants of Anak there. Unbelievable. If you know anything about the sons of Anak, read uh, Noah. You know, those giants that were in the land, half angel or something like that. You know, whenever we're confronted with issues, we have a choice to make. We can take a look at those issues, we can stand up in faith, and we could look for ways to solve our problems. Or we can shrink back in fear, close ourselves behind our little doors, hide from everybody, blame others for our woes. That's exactly what these guys did, didn't they? They said, listen, this is, these guys, they're big, they're strong, they're tougher than we are, 
the problems are too big for us to handle. We, you know, so here's what we should do. We should hide. We should run away. Earlier in, in last week's Torah portion, they were ready to go back to Egypt for leeks, for God's sake. For the sake of food. And that's what we want to do. We want to run and we want to hide when things look tough. Even this week, just again, you know, the terrorists are at work and they're bombing airports and they're shooting people in uh, whatever, some other public place, whatever it was. And you know what? That's going to happen. That's going to keep happening until we actually do something about the problem. But the problem won't be to kill more people. That's not the answer. The answer is to have a world that understands God's principles for life. We cannot hide, you know, and lock our, you know, lock America into a, a, a in walls. Surround ourselves with our, you know, with our own protections, and expect that we will be able to solve the problems of the world. They will only continue to encroach upon us. Instead, we have to act in faith. It's easy to see the scary stuff. It really is. Peter, in the story that we read today from the, from, from the gospel, as long as he was focused on Messiah Yeshua, everything was fine. You know, Yeshua said, come out. He said, okay, I'm coming. But the moment he began to look around when he got his focus off the object of his faith, that's when things began to get chaotic for him. He said, all of a sudden, he's saying, "What? I looked at him. This is water. I can't walk on this." You weren't walking on it to begin with, my friend. You were being held up by the Spirit of God. Only when Messiah reached out for him was he able to regain his footing. And what we need to do is to trust in the Lord. We're going to act. We need to act, but we need to act in concert with the Spirit of God in this world. And by doing so, we will be able to solve the problems of America, the problems of the rest of the world. That's the way we do it. We don't act in faith, we, uh, in, fe in fear, we act in faith. Okay, we don't want our fear to stop us. So I'm going to tell you a little story. Some of you may have heard this story. It's a little story from my own past. Uh, you, if you've heard it before, close your ears. If you haven't, it's kind of interesting. Okay. So when I was a kid, I, I grew up in a really tough neighborhood in the Bronx. I grew up in a housing project that I won't even go to today. And uh, I went to John Philip Sousa Junior High School. Now, John Philip Sousa Junior High School uh, was a really ugly place. I mean, it was right across the street from my house, so I, that's why I had to go there. But if I could think of anywhere else I would rather not be, that would be it. And like every typical middle school kid, you know, you're having problems, right? You're reaching puberty, you're just, you know, life is a misery. Anyway, and, uh, you know, I ran, ran with a, a, a group of kids. We were good students. We weren't geeks or anything like that, but we weren't the toughest kids in the neighborhood either. And I had... I had a particular nemesis. Maybe you did too. When you were growing up, there was just this one person who was always on your back. You, have, you know that person? We all have our own giants. Well, here was my, my giant was Teddy Armstrong. Okay? 
And Teddy was one of these guys who was always, he had a gang. He had a group of guys who hung with him. And they were kind of tough kids. And Teddy just had it, he had it in for me. And he would annoy me all the time. And one of the ways he annoyed me was, in those days, we had to wear a tie to school. How many of you, are you old enough to remember that you had to wear a tie to school? All right. So we had to wear a tie to school. And if you didn't wear a tie, if you forgot your tie or you had to, or something happened, well, you had to take one of the ties from your homeroom teacher's closet. And they were always these nasty, ugly, you know, big yellow things with polka dots on them, you know, stuff, something like that to remind you the next time, do not forget your tie. You know, something to humiliate you. So now life isn't humiliating enough, you got to walk around with this crazy tie on. Well, Teddy never brought his tie to school. So guess whose tie he was always looking to get? And time after time, he would come after me and say, Eaton, give me that tie. I'm taking that tie. And I would cower and most of the time, and I would back down, and I would wind up giving him a tie. I'd, I'd protest a little bit, but then he'd wind up getting the tie. And one day, I said, I am not going to act in fear anymore. This is crazy. I don't care what happens. And I'm not going to give him my tie. And I go into school that day, and of course, he wants my tie. And I said, no, Teddy, I'm not giving you my tie. Oh, no, it's, I'm sorry. You gotta, you're going to have to wear one of them stupid ties today, not me. He said, all right, Eaton, I'll see you at 3 o'clock. How many of you have ever had that threat thrown at you? <laughs> the, the, the dreaded 3 o'clock appointment. So I said, okay, well, I guess, you know, this is what's going to have to happen. I have, you know, of course, I'm sweating it out the whole day, and I'm praying. You know, I'm not, I don't really know God very well, but I'm praying anyway. And I remember I actually prayed. I found a Bible and prayed from Psalm 13. Now, I don't know if you know that psalm, but I'm just going to quickly just read a, a verse or two from it. And, I, and why this psalm came to mind, it's not exactly clear to me. I was just thumbing around in there, but found it. And it said, it says this, I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. And I'm praying that psalm all day. And three o'clock comes and I'm ready for the appointment, you know. So we get out. So you know, we get outside the uh, schoolyard, and and Teddy comes up to me and he says, "Eaton," I, I say, "Well, I'm here." So whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And he walked up to me. He said, "Next time, you better give me a tie." And he walked away. <laughs> I said, "That's the end of that," and that was the end of my giant. Now, I don't know whether God supernaturally intervened or maybe Teddy was just a punk. Actually, I think he was just a punk, actually. Because when we got a little bit older, I was much bigger than he was. But whatever the case is, to, to begin to act in faith can change the circumstances rather than acting in fear. 
the children of Israel, later on, when we get to the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy opens with one of those really sad verses. It's one of the, in my mind, it's one of the saddest verses in all of the scripture. In it, Moses is speaking to the children of Israel, and he says, It is 11 days' journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. That's the sad, one of the saddest verses in the Bible. It should have taken us 11 days. It's taken us 40 years and an entire generation because we did not act in faith. We acted in fear. For whatever the reasons, and I think Dorothy gave some good ones. You know, maybe it's just, hey, they were slaves. They did, their mentality was not prepared. But that's precisely the point. That when we act in fear, we are acting like slaves. Like slaves to whatever that fear is producing in us. And we can't do it. It, make, it takes away our humanity. It makes us act in savage ways. And I suggest that we can do better than that. When we act in faith, we can do well. And that's what we should do. God tells us seven times in the book of Devarim, remember, remember. Remember what, that you were slaves in Egypt. Remember that I delivered you. Remember that I provided for you in the desert. I did all of these things. So we don't have to act in fear. We can act in faith by remembering the goodness of God and the power of God that he places within each one of you. So as we listen to all the fear-mongering going on in the world right now, all the nonsense and the hate, all that stuff, oh, defend yourself, lock us up in, in our own borders, forget about the rest of the world, let them go to hell in a handbag. Don't listen to that. Because God has a better way for us to do it, to act like human beings, to be humane, to love the stranger, to love the poor, to take care of those who most need it. That's our job. If we act in faith in that way, things will turn out well. Of course, that's only if you believe that God is true to what he says. In other words, don't rely on men, whichever party they come from. Rely on the goodness of God. And have no fear. The children of Israel are warned in, in the book of Numbers, chapter 14, verse 9. It says, only don't rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. It says there, they will be our food, actually. That's what it says. They will be our food. That's Joshua talking. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. I learned that that day at John Philip Sousa Junior High School, 3 p.m. Don't fear them. Their protection has been removed. Whatever they, whatever they think they have over you cannot be used against you. In the same way, as Peter fell into the water and was drowning, Messiah Yeshua just calmly reached into, reached for his hand and drew, drew him back up. And walked, walked into the boat. 
when he refocused himself on Messiah Yeshua, his feet became firm on the water again. And that's how we do it. That's how we do it every day. Every time some horrible pro- problem hits us in our face, when our own giants, our own Teddy Armstrongs get in our face. And they could be anything. There's a story, you know, there's one more thing I want to say about this text from, from Numbers. After all the Mishagas, the bad report, God punishing those who, were, who had given the bad report. The commandment, um, the um, punishment that God said, you were going to wander in the desert for the rest of your days. And except for Joshua and Caleb, the rest of you aren't making it. After all that is said and done, God says to them, It says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When you enter the land where you are to live, the land which I am giving you. God was going to get them there anyway. Despite their failure. Why didn't God just say, You're not the right people, forget you. Start again with Joshua and Caleb's family and try and do it just with them. Because after all, they showed the courage. No. God remained faithful, even in our fear. So if we have fear, fear not, because God is faithful. I'm comforted by that, because I'm not always so strong. And I do react like a human being, like an idiot sometimes. You know how long it took me before I took on Teddy Armstrong? How many years I suffered with that before I acted? But God is faithful. He's going to get us to the promised land. We have a faithful God. So, despite whatever giants may be in your life, and some of us in this congregation have big giants, there is a a way through if we abandon fear for faith. I'm going to tell you a little story I found. About, and the, the worst team wants to go back up, they can do that. This is, uh, this is a story from a book called uh, Tales of the Tardy Oxcart. It's a collection of stories uh, by, uh, that Chuck Swindoll put together. And he tells a story about Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And it says, during Alexander Solzhenitsyn's eight years in Russian camps, his parents died, his wife divorced him, Upon release from prison, he was dying of a cancer that was growing so rapidly he could feel the difference in 12 hours. It was at that point that he abandoned himself to God. So beautifully illustrated in three lines of an incredible prayer that came in that dark hour, which which wound up in a day in the life of Ivan Denisovich, if you read the book. It said, Oh God, how easy it is for me to believe in you. You created a path for me through despair. Oh God, you've used me, and where you cannot use me, you have appointed others. Thank you. He prayed that prayer. In the midst of his pain, in the midst of his suffering, he chose to look at God rather than the problem, to be, have faith 
rather than fear. That was in the year 1953 when he was diagnosed with his illness. He lived until he was to, till the year 2008 when he died at the age of 89. So much for that. There is hope for us when we have faith. When we're willing to put our hands in the life of uh, our lives in the hands of God. When we don't give in to the fear and the fear mongering or any of that sort of nonsense but put our hope in the Holy One. Let's do that today and conquer our Teddy Armstrongs. Amen. Now, so as we conclude our service, we have our team together. Okay. Why don't you turn with me to page 78. There you go. Thank you. Oh God, we just bless you and thank you that you are a God who is greater than giants. And uh, we need not fear when we can look to you for our hope.